Welcome back, Conversations Podcast. I'm Scott Law. I'm Terry Law. We're glad to be with you today. We're talking about how to hear the voice of God. Dad wants to talk about eagles today and how that pertains to hearing God's voice. With the current situation in the United States, Scott, and the coronavirus and everything else that's happening, violence in our streets, burning, looting, all the things that are happening, if there was ever a time that Christians need to hear God's voice, need to find out what he's saying, and uh, to gain our confidence and our hope in him, it's today. So we're mm. going to launch out, see what the Lord will give to us today. Sounds good. All right, so there's three scriptures that we're going to start off yep. um, in uh, referencing eagles, and then Dad's going to jump into to, to just kind of unpacking his message today. So the first one is Isaiah 40, 29 through 31. And it says, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. That's beautiful. And uh, it's so, so graphic. There's something about taking a lesson out of nature and seeing the way God and the Holy Spirit inspired the writers of Scripture to actually draw pictures from nature. It's, it's, mm. it's a beautiful, the Bible is an amazing book. It is, it is. All right, the next passage is Exodus 19.4. It says, You yourselves have seen what I did in Egypt and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. It's talking to the children of Israel there, right? Mm-hmm. Re- referencing the ch- children of Israel. And then the last passage is Deuteronomy 32, 11, and 12. Like an eagle that stirs up its nest and hovers over its young, that spreads its wings to catch them and carries them aloft, the Lord alone led him. No foreign god was with him. I'm going to ask you to read those two verses one more time, Scott, because that's our text. I'm going to take that and, and uh, hopefully expound on what I think the Bible is saying here. Okay. On Deuteronomy 32, 11 and 12. I'll read that again. All right. Like an eagle that stirs up its nest and hovers over its young, that spreads its wings to catch them and carries them aloft, the Lord alone led him. No foreign God was with him. Now, the obvious question is what does this, uh, these scriptures, what do they have to do with hearing God's voice? Mm. And the one important thing, Scott, read verse 12 one more time, if you would. Deuteronomy 32, 12. Yes. The Lord alone led him. No foreign God was with him. That is talking about the children of Israel. Okay. Uh, two words are used in that chapter for Israel. One is Jacob, and then Jacob's new name, which is, the new name is Israel. Okay. What the scripture is saying here is that God has chosen to lead us, and the only way God can lead us is for us to hear his voice Mm. because that's how he leads. He leads through a still, small voice speaking in our hearts, and I, we've done a couple of sessions on hearing God's voice in the past, but uh, today I want to look at the eagle as an example, a, a biblical example of God leading his people. And again, I repeat something about a parable from nature in Scripture that just 
makes the picture come alive. Mm. And I, this is one of the most graphic definitions or descriptions of someone uh, learning how to hear God's voice. It's, a, it's, it's powerful. So uh, let me go back right to the beginning. Mother Eagle senses that she is going to hatch some eggs. Uh, she knows that she has to have a home. She's got youngsters coming into being. And uh, the first thing mother has to do for her young is to build a home. And uh, the mother eagle, I've seen some amazing uh, nests in my time, Scott, up in Juneau, Alaska. I hmm. went to the museum there, and they had a nine-foot nest, nine feet. So nine feet wide. Wide, right, or in, in, in circumference. In circumference. Be about nine feet, and uh, that's an incredible structure, really. They build one nest. One nest. They build one nest and reuse it. Yes. For their life of, yeah. of, of bringing up young. Right. I read that online it says that nests can grow up to eight and a half feet. And you're saying you saw one in a museum that's nine feet. They get up to 13 feet deep. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Amazing. So you can imagine the amount of work in constructing that kind of nest. Mm. And uh, eagles love heights. So the eagle we're going to talk about today is a... Uh, uh, a mother eagle who has a nest probably 10,000 feet up the side of a cliff in the Rocky Mountains somewhere. Okay. And uh, th that'll be the, the, the picture that we are working with. And once the mother senses the maternal instinct, she's driven. She just goes, and that's all she does. She just prepares the, uh, the nest. The nest itself is a three-layered operation. First thing the mother does is lay down a superstructure. She'll go and get large branches, and she'll come and, and uh, shove them into the face of the cliff. So she's building a scaffolding. It's much like uh, you build a house. You've got to build a scaffolding on the outside. And then as soon as the mother eagle is satisfied with that, she says, I, I, the next step is I'm going to fill the inside of the nest and it's an amazing thing what the mother chooses. She chooses to put everything that is prickly. Uh, I'm talking briars. I'm talking thorns. Uh, anything like that. She brings that, and that is the second layer to the nest. Uh, then the third layer comes, and this is everything that would make a baby eagle comfortable. Uh, she will go out, and she'll get a rabbit skin. She'll... Uh, uh, you know, she'll get moss, uh, she'll find various uh, soft, downy things. She even takes a, the big beak and stabs it into her own vest, or into her own chest, excuse me, and she pulls uh, feathers out. Okay. And so she that's the phrase, that's how to feather your nest. <laughs> it, it, that phrase comes from an eagle. Really? Fe I didn't know that. Yeah, fe feathering her nest. Huh. Anyway... When the uh, structure is complete, then mother starts to brood, and she sits on the nest waiting for the day that Junior and his sister will be born. And we're going to have two little eaglets here and, okay. and describe the process for them of growing. Now, uh, it's a great life if you're a baby eagle. All you do is sit there. Mother goes and does all the work. 
mother was soaring down the valley and into a stream and picks up a fish and she brings it away up the mountaintop to the to the children and they sit in the nest, their mouths are open and they're just kind of swallowing the food that mother drops in and it's a great life. Uh, you don't have to do anything. Mother's doing all the work and uh, mother knows that, she, but she, the mother knows one thing is fundamental. Her job is to teach her youngsters how to fly. She's got to get them out of that nest, and she's got to get them being what true eagles are, and that is to soar through the heavens. Uh, when you travel in the mountains, you, you see eagles quite often. And uh, I remember in Juneau, I never saw so many eagles in my life. Mm. They were everywhere in Juneau. But um, the, the whole idea is mother wants to teach the youngsters how to fly. But the problem with the nest right from the beginning is that it's too comfortable. And uh, I remember talking to Oral Roberts when I just came home from Africa. He asked me what had happened. Uh, I had taken a group of young people from ORU. We called ourselves Living Sound. We went and lived in Africa for a year. We saw 10,000 people come to Jesus uh, that year. But when I came home, Oral asked me to come over and talk to him, which I did. And uh, he said, what are you going to do now? I mean, that was a big thing for him. What are you going to do now? And I, and I was just, I was tired. I just spent a year preaching several times a day. And uh, that's right, several times a day. We did high school concerts all throughout South Africa and uh, had a great response. But the one thing that Oral said, he said, Terry, what are you going to do now? And I said, what do you mean? He said, what are your plans for, this was now 1971, uh, so this uh, that's a long time ago. <laughs> Even for me, that's a long time ago. And, but he said, I want to warn you. He said, this was like a father, a spiritual mentor talking to his son. And he says, I want to warn you, Terry. He said, the, the biggest danger for you is going or for you to settle or sit back on your laurels and rejoice in what the Lord did in Africa for the last year and just let it all fizzle out. He said, I've seen so many ministers or people operating in ministry who have allowed themselves to get caught up with comfort and all the other things, and they lose their faith. Their mm. faith has got to challenge you. He said, you've got to live by faith. You've got to plan and dream things so big that if God doesn't show up, you're not. You're going to fail. He said, if, if you'll operate that way, if you'll work that way. In other words, he was saying, uh, like the mother eagle, uh, there's got to be a way for her to stir up her nest. Uh, you can't handle the comfort. The babies, baby eaglets can handle the com comfort for a certain amount of time. But the bottom line is uh, you got to fly, girl. you got to fly, boy. And uh, if you don't know how to fly, it's going to be a long walk to where you're going because the eagles cover a whole lot of territory. So Scripture mentions the fact that Israel, uh, God bore Israel on eagle wings. We, You read that at the beginning of our session today. And uh, God made and had to get Israel unhappy with their life in Egypt. Mm. So he sent ten plagues on Pharaoh. And uh, we know the story, and I won't go into all the d details, but the main thing that 
God wanted Israel to do was to get out of Egypt, get into the promised land, because all the prophecies had talked about Jesus being in the promised land, born in the promised land, et cetera, Correct. et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, in order to uh, fulfill Scripture, that's what had to happen. But uh, the eagle knew that if, if she didn't make the life uncomfortable for the babies in the nest, she'd never get them out on the wing. She'd never get them flying. So the first step that a mother eagle had to take is that uh, you read that in the text. It says, as an eagle stirreth up her nest. This is graphic. It's powerful. I, I love to preach on nature and things like this, but uh, one, one day mother comes in, and she's been bringing a regular diet to the children for everything they want, everything they're hungry for. But this day she comes in, and her beak is empty. And she just swoops in and sits on the edge of the nest. And Junior and uh, his sister are looking up, and Junior says to his sister, something's funny. She's got a <laughs> funny look at her eye. I wonder what she's got on her mind. And she's not carrying any food. See that? I'm hungry. My stomach's empty. I, I want some food. And mother is sitting there on the edge of the nest. She hasn't got food. This is a, a the beginning of graduation for, for the two kids. <laughs> this is a problem, they note. Yeah. And so uh, her job, and every eagle does it. Every mother knows how to do it. When the time she sits on the edge of the nest, gets the attention of her kids, and all of a sudden, She'll take that big beak and she'll plunge it down into the heart of the nest. And what does she find? She gets everything that is soft and downy, the feathers, the rabbit skin, the moss, the ferns, and she takes a big chunk of that in her, in her beak, hops over to the side of the nest and drops it. 10,000 feet. <laughs> and it, la it lands on the ground. And Junior looks at sister and says, we've got a problem today. <laughs> this is not going in a good direction. And anyway, they're, uh, they're watching. Mother's t giving them an object lesson. So mother jumps to the other side of the nest. She takes that big beak and she takes another stab right down into the rabbit skin and everything that is soft and downy hops over to the other side of the nest, and 10,000 feet, woo, all the way down, there you go, down into the, just like, uh, what's that Bugs Bunny cartoon I'm trying to remember? With Roadrunner? The Roadrunner, yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, um, this happens until mother has totally destroyed all comfort for the children. Everything that is possible has been taken out. And uh, so, you know, graduation day is going to start. She's going to teach them how to fly now. So, uh, But I, I want to draw some, some pictures out of that. And, and, and let me say to anyone who's listening to us today that God is more interested in your character than he is in your comfort. That's a hard thing for Christians to understand. We don't like to sit in the nest with our beaks open, mother dropping the food in. It's revival, praise God. Everything's going wonderfully well. 
but God is committed to the fact that we're going to have to fly. And uh, we've got to learn how to fly, but in the process, he's got to take away comfort. And you know what most Christians do, Scott? When things go wrong, they start blaming it on the devil. They said, Satan, get out of here. You're, you're doing this to me, and you're doing that. You, you know, uh, the devil is accused of a, a whole lot of things he doesn't do. Get thee behind he, me, Satan. He, right. He does do a lot of things, bad things, but there are some things he's accused of, and often that will happen to Christians. And the stirring of the nest is something that God is behind because God is wanting them to get to the point where they start to depend on the Lord and start to hear his voice. And this is a process of God teaching Christians how to hear his voice and to get hungry for the voice of God. You know, I'll never forget, Scott, when I was just started Living Sound at ORU, and we had begun to tour, and we did a, 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 our itinerary preparing to go to Africa brought us to Canada. And uh, I, I called the head office in Canada. My father was with a certain denomination, I asked if I could talk to the elders of the denomination, the the chief board. Yeah. And my whole idea was uh, I had found a way to evangelize young people. Our music was so popular in high schools. Kids would come, they'd listen to us, we'd testify and share faith about Jesus. And back in those days, there was no barrier to doing that, and we could talk faith in the schools. You can't do that today mm-hmm. in, in contemporary America. But anyway, I, I went and I shared all these men. They're, they're all older. They're probably 30, 40 years older than me. And I'm the young sprite coming in and saying, we can take cities for God. We can go and bring, we can fill your churches with young people, and, and they'll find Jesus and all the rest. And this was my uh, enthusiastic offer to the denomination. I offered them that Living Sound could travel for their churches and sing in their churches, and we'd go and do the schools in the city and bring all the kids to the church. And it was a beautiful plan. I did it in England quite often and with great success. But boy, I did not and was not ready for what happened. Talk about having your nest cleaned out it was a total shock. First of all, they were older men. They didn't like our music. Oral was on television at that time with the collegians. Mm-hmm. And, uh, world action singers. World action swingers, we call them. <laughs> the world action swingers <laughs> were on uh, television doing a lot of choreography and all this stuff. And the, the Pentecostal movement to people, charismatics across the country, just thought that that was modernism coming into the church, and uh, we were doing things that uh, were not were not good. And uh, so these men, I mean, one man asked me in, in the meeting, he said, Terry, do you sing Raindrops Keep Falling on Your Head? <laughs> From Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Yes, it was Raindrops Keep Falling. Raindrops Keep Falling on, on My Head. B.J. Thomas, right? Anyway, but he said, he said I, I, I misquoted, he said, raindrops keep falling in your eyes, is what he said. But anyway, I looked at him, I was startled. I said, no, we don't sing that kind of music. We sing songs for the Lord. Well, it all ended up, and I'll try to summarize this, Scott. I got a letter from the head of the denomination, who was a personal friend of mine. 
And he said, Terry, these, the sentiments that I'm expressing in this letter are not necessarily mine only. He said, I want to tell you what discussions we had after you, Larry Dalton was with me on that trip and we were together at headquarters. In a nutshell, he said, Terry, your ministry of Living Sound would not be accepted in our churches. He said, I'm going to ask you to dissolve Living Sound, shut the whole organization down, and come up here and be an evangelist in our denomination. We'll totally support you. He gave me a carte blanche, Scott, everything that I would want. They provided for me. But he said, if you do not dissolve Living Sound, then I am informed to tell you that your denominational papers will be taken away. You will not have a right to preach with this this denomination. Uh, Scott, in one fell swoop, they kicked me out of the nest. And probably the thing that made my ministry and made Living Sound do what it did in the world, we saw tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people come to Jesus. But that never would have happened if I had stayed in the comfort of a denominational nest and done what they wanted to do with their old-fashioned and outmoded techniques, mm. etc. So, you know, we're talking to people today. Some of you have had your, your nest stirred. Some of you have had your life shaken. And you don't know what in the world God's trying to say. Let me, let me caution you that God is talking. In the circumstance, God is like an eagle, stirring up his nest or her nest. God is the eagle stirring up your nest. God may want you in another city. God may want you in another job. God may be calling you to ministry. God may be calling you to a mission field somewhere. And I don't want anybody to feel under guilt in terms of what I say simply because I'm a missionary. I don't want, I don't try to force everybody else into that mold. Like even with you, Scott, I remember uh, I never insisted that you go into ministry when you were mm. growing up. You didn't. No, you didn't. You never pushed me. And you, you, you followed along and followed the Lord. You went to ORU here in Tulsa. Because I, I really believe the leading of the Lord has got to be direct between God and the person. And uh, I didn't tell my children, I want you in ministry, or you've got to do this or that. I left that to the Lord. I know the Lord well enough to know that he knows how to lead us. But anyway, that changed my life. I remember uh, the letter came, and I was driving down the road with my Living Sound team, and I read the letter from the denomination telling me that my papers were gone because there was no way in the world I was going to dissolve Living Sound. God had led me to start it. God had opened doors for us. We were on our way to Africa for a year. But th this is par for the course, folk, if you're listening to us today. And uh, sometimes horrible things can happen. I mean, I lost my wife, your mother, Scott, you were, what, I think around nine years of age? Just before nine. It was eight, yeah. It was a, a horrible thing. But sometimes things happen, and it is so important that we rightly interpret why these happen. 
I, you know, God doesn't kill people. The devil is a killer. He, the Bible says, a thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and destroy. But I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. But in the process of life, bad things happen. Things that tear you up. Things where you wonder if God is even alive or if God cares or God knows where you live. But I, I want to encourage you, friends, that God is involved in your life. And as an eagle stirreth up her nest, hovereth over her young, and we'll be talking about more about this in, in, the, mm. in the sessions that we've got coming. As an eagle stirreth up her nest, hovereth over her young, carries them on her wings, so the Lord alone did lead Israel. The Lord leads you by stirring up your nest. The Lord leads you by hovering over the nest, and we'll, we'll talk about that in, in the next session. But it's, it's so important that you just don't equate everything with, with bad. I mean, there are bad things happening in America right now, bad things, things that I'm very upset with. But I'll tell you one thing. In the middle of everything that's going on, God's wanting us to pray. God's wanting us to get on our knees and talk to Him. God wants to say some things to us. And so it's so important now as we go into these sessions to try to understand the will of God and what God is saying. That's good, Dad. That's really good. Discomfort doesn't always mean that there's something wrong. No. Discomfort can, can mean that we're being prodded along to being pushed out in the nest to go somewhere else and hear his voice in the process. Uh, I think it's very germane to uh, what's going on right now in the world, not just in this country. Right. And I think it's crucial. I think it's very important that we as followers of Jesus learn to understand what God, where he is at in our lives and where he wants us to go at a given moment in time. So. I think we've reached the end of our talk today. Uh, okay. We will continue to unpack more. You guys will want to listen to the next uh, session too. Uh, we'll continue this thought and unpack uh, in deeper ways of how to hear God's voice in relation to the eagles uh, and that whole that whole analogy, which is beautiful, by the way. Mm. And really encourage you to uh, take inventory of your life and your situation. God is with you. God is for you. He's not against you. He has good things in store for you. And sometimes your nest needs to be stirred up. I think it's important to remember that God is behind what's going on in your life today. And when you give the devil a break, that's probably not the way to say it, but when you realize that God has the right to take away comfort or to add comfort or blessing however he wants to, that uh, you're going to hear his voice. You're going to follow him and you'll be blessed. Believe me. Mm, that's beautiful, Dad. Well, thank you for joining us today. We will continue next time to share the love and grace of God to those who know Jesus and those who have yet to hear. Grace and peace on you all again today. We will speak to you guys soon. Take care. Thank you for listening today to the Conversations Podcast with Terry Law and Scott Law. We hope you enjoyed it. This podcast has been brought to you by our sponsor, Terry Law Speaks. Go to terrylawspeaks.com if you'd like to book Terry to speak at your church or special event. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and many of the other major podcast platforms. 
You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll see you next time as we continue to share the love and grace of God with you and with those who've yet to hear.